153 dead in South Korea after Halloween celebrations took a tragic turn. U.S. state and local governments reportedly skirting federal bans. A new report details how past purchases of Chinese tech could threaten national security. More countries on alert over Chinese police offices. One of them already closed, with others under investigation. Magic on hold in Shanghai. Disney's resort there closing its doors to comply with local COVID-19 measures. And is communism destroying America? John Reddell, president of the Faith and Freedom Coalition, says yes. He shares his take on how to reclaim the land of the free. Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Today is Halloween, and spook celebrations have erupted across the U.S. and elsewhere. To start today's show, we're zooming in on one of China's neighbors, South Korea. Halloween celebrations there took a tragic turn over the weekend. The country is now in a state of mourning after one Halloween celebration ended in a crowd crush. It happened as partygoers were pushed into an overcrowded back alley. At least 153 people are dead. Of the victims, two are Americans. Here's a look at videos from the celebrations. But just a warning, the following scenes may be disturbing for some viewers. Here's Flinders Kingsley. Around 100,000 people gathered in the narrow streets of the South Korean capital city of Seoul on Saturday night. But when festival goers poured into an 11 feet wide street, panic spread as toppled guests realized they couldn't move. Victims were trapped in three or four layers of people and some for over 40 minutes. And I like, turned around and I told the crowd, you can't come this way. People are dying. Because I already knew how bad it was. And people were being so rude. And I had to tell them, like, you can't come this way. At least 153 people were killed. 133 more were injured. Of the deaths, 97 were women, two-thirds of the total casualties. 80% were in their 20s or 30s, and at least four were teenagers. Authorities say the death count could rise as 37 of the injured partygoers are in serious condition. We came here around 10 p.m. Then we saw what looked like a scene from a movie in front of the hotel over there, like things happening during a war. It was indeed happening. They were doing CPR here and there, and people were rushing in, and nothing was being controlled. It was completely out of control. 20 of the deceased were foreign nationals, two of whom were U.S. citizens. Stephen Blessy from Georgia, who was studying in the South Korean capital, and Anne Gieske, a nursing student in her third year at the University of Kentucky. The city of Seoul was left in chaos as thousands of people searched a nearby city office for word of their loved one. I couldn't find. I saw you check the name list of death. Yes, I checked the list, but their name is not there. The stampede is the country's worst tragedy since 2014, when a ferry sunk and killed over 300 mostly high school students. The 2014 tragedy brought an investigation into lax safety rules and regulation failures. The South Korean government is now investigating the cause of the stampede. A tragedy and disaster that should not have happened took place in the heart of Seoul during Halloween celebrations last night. President Yoon Suk-yeol declared a period of national mourning and designated Seoul's popular Itaewon district a disaster zone. Flinders Kingsley, NTD News. 
a tragedy strikes India. A century-old suspension bridge collapsed into a river Sunday, plunging hundreds into the water and killing at least 132 people. It's one of the worst accidents in the country in the past decade. Here's more. The footbridge was packed with sightseers enjoying holiday festivities when it collapsed on Sunday, plunging people into the river below. Footage showed dozens of people clinging onto the cables and twisted remains of the bridge over the Machu River as emergency teams struggled to rescue them. Some clambered up the broken structure to try to make their way to the riverbanks, while others swam to safety. A number of children were among the victims. Authorities said more than 400 people were on and around the colonial-era suspension bridge at the time of the collapse. The 230-metre bridge was built during British rule in the 19th century. It had been closed for renovation for six months and was reopened for the public last week. Prime Minister Narendra Modi, who was in his home state Gujarat for a three-day visit, said he had directed the state chief minister to mobilise teams urgently for the rescue operation. The army has been deployed to help trace missing people and assist in the rescue operations. Now we turn to the U.S. Governments across the U.S. are buying telecom products from China. Officials are concerned the equipment could compromise national security. China's telecom supplies continue to flow into American schools and hospitals despite federal bans. According to a new report, over a thousand state and local entities in the U.S. have purchased telecom gear from banned Chinese companies between 2015 and 2021. Purchases totaled about $45 million. Three-quarters of the transactions came from public schools and colleges. The rest came from prisons, hospitals, and public transit. U.S. officials have warned the Chinese telecom gear could expose the U.S. to economic espionage or digital sabotage, especially when installed inside critical American infrastructure. A hacker could use the hardware as an entry point and cripple public services once inside. Since 2018, federal agencies have been banned from purchasing products from five Chinese tech companies, Huawei, ZTE, Hikvision, Dahua, and Hytera. But the federal-level bans do not apply to state agencies. Only five states, including Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, Texas, and Vermont, have enacted security measures to limit the purchases. Though the report notes that some of those states still have loopholes. Chinese telecom equipment is generally less expensive than gear made in other countries. The purchase supplies from China include smartphones, surveillance cameras, and networking equipment. On the other hand, there may be a turning point on the horizon. The Federal Communications Commission reportedly plans to ban all U.S. sales of new telecom devices from Huawei and ZTE. That ban would cover both state and local entities. Next, an update on Chinese police offices. We recently reported on one of them, located in the center of New York City. So far, U.S. authorities have not publicly responded. Over in Canada, federal police are investigating reports about Chinese police stations illegally set up in Toronto. Across the Atlantic, a Chinese police office in Ireland has already closed its doors by order of the Irish government. Germany and the Netherlands are also investigating Chinese police outposts in their countries. Now, one more European country is on alert, Hungary. The nation is one of the most important for the development of China's Belt and Road Infrastructure Initiative in the region. 
A Hungarian lawmaker visited two alleged police stations in the country's capital. In response to information requests from him, Hungary's Ministry of the Interior said it was unaware of the presence of Chinese police operating in Budapest. Chinese authorities did not inform local authorities before setting up the police outposts. Tourists and resort goers may find a little less magic in Shanghai for now. Shanghai's Disneyland Resort is closing its doors Monday to comply with COVID-19 prevention measures. Though visitors at the resort at the time of the announcement were not immediately allowed to leave. They first had to produce a negative virus test. Let's take a closer look. The Shanghai government said on its official WeChat account that the park was barring people from entering or exiting. And anyone who visited the park since October 27th would need to test for COVID-19 three times in three days. The company announced today it would immediately shut the main theme park and surrounding areas, including its shopping center, until further notice. Officials in cities and provinces across China have been closing venues and enforcing longer lockdowns on millions of people to stamp out COVID outbreaks. That's after cases on the mainland hit nearly 3,000 on Sunday, topping 2,000 for a second straight day. And that's based on official data from the Chinese state media. But because of censorship, the real number of COVID cases in China remains unknown. A new COVID-19 outbreak inside a Chinese tech factory. It belongs to an Apple supplier tasked with making components for devices like the iPhone. Employees of the Foxconn plant in Jinzhou City aren't taking it lightly. Fearing a possible closure, tens of thousands have fled the plant since last week. Videos and photos circulating online show them returning to their hometown on foot. Employees have been seen scaling the barbed wire fence in Foxconn's industrial park. Other videos capture the workers walking with their luggage late at night. With public transportation suspended, the workers have been left to walk along a nearby highway. Some locals set out food and water along the roadside for the travelers. Sunday morning, police were seen blocking some workers from entering the city center. The factory said only a small number of employees have been affected by the infection. But one employee told us he saw more than 100 people transported to quarantine centers in a single day. That's after their COVID-19 tests came back positive. He added that quarantine centers lack food and medical treatment. According to an official notice, the factory has taken various control measures. That's including a closed-loop management policy, where all workers are asked to live and work inside the factory. Amid concerns about cross-infection, some workers started leaving last week. Jinzhou City Authority said Sunday that workers who want to leave the city may do so. Jinzhou City is a key part of the iPhone supply chain. Half of all iPhone production happens there. But things are changing. Apple has already started transferring some of that production to India. Is communism in America a threat? Some say it's already here and is affecting all aspects of society. John Riddell, president of the Faith and Freedom Coalition, was this month's guest at the We the People Speaker Series in Chester County, Pennsylvania. He shared strategies and tactics to stop what some call the communist destruction of American society and discussed the importance of faith in the equation. Entities Jeremy Sandberg has more from the event. John Riddell summarized what he calls the triad of evil causing chaos in his presentation. 
It consists of three factors including Maoism, globalism, and radical Islam. Maoism tops that list. China is, is the evil of the planet right now. He says the triad of evil means to control faith, create fear, and disrupt the family. Everything that's happening is designed to make you feel like it's hopeless. We lost confidence in our government, in our FBI, in the CIA, in the military, in, in the medical industry. All this was planned to undermine your trust and your faith so you would lose hope. Riddell says evil has infiltrated all aspects of society, including culture, media, government, education, entertainment, medicine, music, and the church. If you're, if you're not willing to stand up against communism, then, then you're not worth willing to stand up to anything. I mean, there, that is the single most destructive form of government on the face of the earth. 76-year-old Riddell has been tirelessly giving speeches, sometimes up to 10 a month. He bases his talks off the work of Rich Higgins, a former National Security Council director that recently passed away. Higgins taught him about the threats to the nation and the way back to rebuilding American society. In order to reclaim America, you have to know, educate people on what is happening and how to, how to stand up against it. He emphasizes that this is a spiritual war and the way back to normality is to get rid of the triad of evil and reclaim America through faith. How you should treat people, how you want, you know, with kindness and love and forgiveness. We've lost all those traits. And until we get those back, we have no hope of overcoming communism because that's the core of what we believe. That's the core of America's republic. Riddell outlined a solution saying first we have to start electing the right people, ones that don't want to be career politicians that actually want to fix the problems. Second, he says we need to stop buying Chinese products so that companies will stop sending them products to produce. Really, we turned our manufacturing over to the country that wants to destroy us in the distribution of our products. He also stressed the importance of hope. I'm sure people in the USSR never thought the USSR would be destroyed. It was so powerful, so strong, the military so great. Well, guess what? It was the faith of the people and the hope of the people who stood up against the tyranny and confronted it that ended up dismantling. Attendees shared their thoughts on the event. Uh, we've been attending these We the People series uh, since before the election. Uh, it's really good to be able to hear updates and facts instead of the spin that we so often see in the media. And I, I think John did a good job explaining what the chaos is. It's Marxism. Marxism isn't coming. Marxism is here. They shared they felt it was emboldening to be with like-minded people and were able to gain knowledge and courage from attending. Um, there was a speaker here uh, some months back and she was, I, I remember so clearly, she said, if you're worried about communism coming here, she said, it's already here. And she's absolutely right. And I think we have to be mindful of that and be aware and know who we are and what we believe in what this country, you know, was initiated with and what we stand for. And here in America, they're trying to divide us in every, every way. Stalin said years ago that America is like a very healthy body. And America's resistance is its morality, its faith, and its patriotism. And he said if, you could, if they can destroy those, they can destroy America. Riddell says it's time to stop the communist destruction and reclaim America. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News.
Coming up, what's the most major threat to the American way and who's at the head of it? We spoke to Frank Gaffney, executive chairman of the Center for Security Policy, to get his take. Find out what he had to say in just a minute here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Threats to the American way and the global status quo extend beyond China. We spoke with Frank Gaffney, executive chairman of the Center for Security Policy, about the most important player of what's being called the new axis of evil. Frank, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you back on the show. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. So with Russia's invasion of Ukraine, China has played a role, right, helping Russia invade these sanctions. But now it seems like Iran is also stepping in. There's now headlines saying Iranian troops are on the ground in Crimea, helping Russia use Iranian-made drones. So how do you see all these players working together? Well, there's an axis. Uh, one might call it an axis of evil between China, which is the most important player in the mix, Russia, Iran, and North Korea, too. We mustn't forget them, um, among others of lesser light. But those four are now working hand in glove to bring about a, well, new world order is a hackneyed phrase, but I think it's what they strive for. They wish to dominate the world. Uh, for evil, and we are the impediment to their realization of that ambition. So they are collaborating on the ground in Ukraine. They're doing nuclear weapons, uh, simulated attacks uh, in places like Russia and, and China. Um, they are collaborating in uh, buying up uh, Russian oil that's sanctioned, Iranian oil that's sanctioned. Um, and in some cases, moving it to the rest of the world to the profit of China and uh, and the sanctioned nations. So there's a lot going on, and, and the North Koreans are uh, trying to hold up their end of the bargain by firing ballistic missiles over Japan and the like. And Frank, Iran is also part of China's Belt and Road Infrastructure Initiative. And so how do these two regimes' global goals play into us here in America especially? Well, the Belt and Road Initiative is, to be clear, a vehicle for colonial infrastructure build-outs. Uh, this is all for the purposes of giving the Chinese Communist Party global reach, um, global domination, for that matter. And the Iranians are just one of many nations. I last counted was something like 145 who have gotten into bed with the Chinese Communist Party to one extent or another, uh, usually taking loans that build, as I say, railroad networks, roads, uh, ports, airfields, and the like. And what they find in country after country is, especially if they can't make payment on these loans, the Chinese essentially expropriate whatever it is they've built. And in due course, inevitably, will use them for military purposes to project power. And that's a threat to us, as well as, I think, the uh, countries immediately involved. And given China's interests in the Middle East, but also globally, what can we do to counter that? Well, I think the first thing to do is to make uh, absolutely clear the nature of the problem that we're facing. Uh, 
we've put together something we call the CCP Challenge. And since we last talked, Tiffany, um, we've posted it at uh, our website, ccpatwar.com. Uh, you'll also find at that site um, the book that we've published called The CCP Is at War with America and the brief, which explains uh, what that war looks like, uh, how it's being waged against us, and the dangers associated with not responding appropriately to those threats. Uh, the CCP challenge identifies six different ways that we need to act now to challenge and counter what the Chinese are up to. Um, the first is to recognize that they are a mortal enemy, a transnational criminal organization, and that they must be defeated by us. The second is uh, to adopt a war footing akin to what the Chinese have done, uh, to prepare for conflict and to otherwise ensure that we can uh, withstand what they may have in mind for us. And that includes, by the way, third, um, disengaging from the supply chain uh, dependencies that we currently have with the Chinese. Fourth, we need to uh, rebuild our military. It is in sad shape at the moment, I'm afraid, and getting worse by the day for a whole host of reasons, uh, mostly the Biden administration's war on our military, frankly. Uh, fifth, we need to ensure that people who are compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, who are in positions of influence or high office in our country, resign from such positions. And finally, sixth, we need to stop underwriting the Chinese Communist Party. We are making possible the war that they are waging against us currently on an unrestricted pre-kinetic form. But unfortunately, it seems increasingly likely that it will take a kinetic uh, uh, form in the near future. So those are the sorts of things we need to do, not just to counter what they're doing in the Middle East, but to protect ourselves as well, and for that matter, the rest of the world. And Frank, any last words you'd like to add? No, my arm is breaking, and I hate to bring this to an end, but I'm relieved that we're hopefully filling your need. And I thank you very much for bearing with me on the logistics for today. Well, thank you for coming on. Pleasure. Thank you. That's all for today's China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocus at ntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow.